As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, we're here talking about your rolling Toronto Blue Jays. We're rolling into our second show of the week. We do too. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to The Athletic if you don't already at theathletic.com slash spin rate, where you can read everything that my co-host Caitlin McGrath writes about your the team, your team, your Toronto Blue Jays. And you can also get an ad-free version of this show, which we, as I said, we do twice a week, once me and Caitlin. And the other time, like today. Former Blue Jays All-Star Ricky Romero joins me from beautiful downtown California. Ricky, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Ready to get this show going. Pretty pretty pumped up about it. And uh, yeah, man, let's let's do it. Pretty pumped up. Easy to be pumped up about the Blue Jays, who I believe have won six of their last seven. Having last night here on, uh, as we record on Thursday, outlasted the Boston Red Sox. And what was actually a pretty good game um, as the Blue Jays win another game at Fenway Park. Um, we were kind of talking about it off the air, and this was a question that was asked of me. I was on the radio this week, and someone said, why do you think the Blue Jays have um, fared so well at Fenway Park this year? And here's my wild thesis. It's because the Red Sox are terrible. <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything else <laughs> that needs to be said. Like, they got a nice uh, nice start yesterday from, um, what's his name, Brian Bayo, and uh, some good relief from Garrett Whitlock. But, like, that's it. That, they're out of good pitchers once Whitlock is out of the game at this point uh crazy that they that they are close to 500 but you can only credit the blue jays for um really gutting out a really nice uh win yesterday and uh, you you mentioned like they played some great defense and then you know the uh the other night tuesday night they had some turned in some great at bats that turned into a really big inning um but i think the thing that you and i talked about and i think is going to be kind of the main focus of the show today is just about like where their the pitching staff has has just really risen above and now we're Almost two full trips to the rotation of just one good start after another. Ross Tripling turns in a great start. Jose Barrios turns in a great start. What can what else can you say? And and I think that what I'll ask you is about you had a really good point about just the roles in the bullpen. And it really seems like everybody sort of figured out their job and knows where they can really make a contribution. And I think we've really seen it this week um, with everyone from Jimmy Garcia and onwards. Uh, great performances from the Blue Jays bullpen that really I think bodes well from here to the end rest of the season yeah yeah no and 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 we were talking off air and and i said man this team is gonna go as far as their pitching staff takes them that's the bottom line it's been it's been set from the beginning and when they've struggled yes the offense has struggled that's gonna happen because they're gonna face great pitching but if the pitching isn't there for the toronto blue jays they're they're not going to go as far. That's that's pretty simple. And it started in New York, and and Barrios was the guy. I said it on the radio. I said he's going to be the guy that sets the tempo for this series, and he sure as hell did, man. I mean, when you go out there and you you do great in that stadium against a team that obviously is struggling and still trying to find their way, and then it just kind of trickles on down. The next guy deals, and then the following guy deals, and it just kind of becomes a snowball effect in a good way. And and it and and I'm very happy to see that a guy like Barrios, who we've seen, has shown flashes and then kind of goes back a little bit, takes a step backwards, and then shows flashes. But right now, it seems like he's finding that consistency that that um, 
that guy we've we've wanted to see every fifth day. And and then you mentioned the bullpen and and just how they've bridged the gap to to Jordan Romano. Jordan Romano has been unbelievable, and it's almost like he's uh, uh, out here. You hear about you know all the big name closers and stuff like that in the United States, but I don't think they're they're giving that guy enough credit, and he's become um, become dominant at the back end over there. But it's the guys like you said, Jimmy Garcia, and then we saw what Anthony Bass came in and did yesterday. And I didn't realize he threw that hard, Drew. 97 dotting down in a way. And the, to me, I, I tweeted to somebody. I, they're like, oh, that, that slider is nasty. And I was like, well, pay attention to how he sets it up, too. He dotted two fastballs down and away, down and away. And then the hitter starts kind of leaning. He's like, starts seeing that ball leaning uh, up, oh, oh, up out over the plate. And then he throws that nas- nasty slider. So the hitter sees fastball, fastball, fastball. And then that slider just whack, wipes him out. And and I and I and that's special when when you see the sequence and and the way he sets it up and he's been unbelievable. I mean, all we ever asked as fans um, was bullpen help, and yes, they didn't get the big name, but this guy has turned out to be pretty valuable. And and um, I know you were pumped when they traded for him, and you're like, they're not giving him enough love. Like he, this guy is legit, and his numbers are. He's he's figured out something. Um, the analytical uh, department brought up. Uh, something to him that hey you throw your slider a little bit more and stuff like that and i feel like it's turned his career around and and we, we mentioned like roles it almost seems like guys are starting to set, set guys are starting to settle in into those roles you, you watch jimmy garcia who early on you know we didn't know what kind of role he was gonna have he, he would be pitching in the sixth or in the seventh inning right now he is the setup guy to jordan romano and to know that role and to know that you're gonna be that guy Mentally, it just gets you ready. The preparation becomes like, okay, this is when I know I'm going to go in. And and to 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 have these guys knowing uh, falling into their roles is pretty pretty cool. Um, and and it honestly it, it helps them big time with their routines and stuff like that. So uh, you know, um, Simber, you know, Tim Mesa coming back and, and and stuff like that. Like all those guys, David Phelps. I mean, he's quietly having such a good year out of the bullpen. Um, have all been key. And again, th- th- this team is going to go as far as their pitching staff takes them. And uh, so far, the starters have done a tremendous job this road trip. And it's everything we wanted to see. Again, um, you you have good pitching. The offense takes care of business. They have one beginning here, one beginning there. Next thing you know, you're like, okay, all I needed was uh, you know two, three runs. I can take it from here. And that's what the pitching staff has done so far. You can't really say enough about just where the pitching staff is now. And, you know, there were so many concerns and so many people were so freaked out about the, about the pitching staff at different points in the season. <laughs> uh, you know, understandably, there were some, there's some weird flashes. And I think that, that, uh, Jose Barrios, as you mentioned, has been like such a, he's been so hard to pin down because mm-hmm. his numbers are bad, right? Like the, you can't get away from that. He has one of the worst. ERAs among qualified starters, even as like expected ERA, like it's not, there's not a lot of um, room for optimism there. But at the same time, you look at his numbers and you look at how he's pitched and it's not that bad. He's, he's started 25 times this year. He's 13 quality starts, which is the exact same number as Kevin Gossman. Now people don't love quality starts. It's not necessarily the most, the best measure of quality, you know, but like, I think it shows that with with Barrios, there's just so many pieces that are there that work, right? Yeah. And and then what, what we've seen him, you know, now more often and more regularly putting all that stuff together, being able to locate his fastball, which then just lets him set up for the curveball and then use the changeup when it when it's needed, but also not been predictable, which you and I talked about last time. So I mean, with with a guy like Barrios, his 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 ceiling is is much higher than a lot of pitchers because of his track record, because of his stuff, because of his execution, because of his athleticism. He's a really good pitcher. And, and you know, the Anthony Bass thing you mentioned, I'll come back to Jose Barrios and, and Ross Stripling together, but I, I just want to talk real quick about Anthony Bass. Uh, you know, he's pitched 10 times for the Blue Jays, uh, has been lights out, thrown nine innings, you know, doesn't, hasn't allowed a lot of uh, any, um, or just one inherited runner he's allowed to score. He has pitched to a one ERA, nine strikeouts, three walks. One of those was intentional, so only two really two real walks. Give up a home run 
in like a bit of a mop up role, but like just been lights out. Like you said, just really kind of unlocked some stuff within himself, you know, in terms of working with the Blue Jays. And then obviously when he went on to the Marlins, who have a pretty good track record with developing pitching on their own. Um, it's, he's a great story. Again, this was a guy that, that the Blue Jays signed as a, as a, as a, you know, minor league free agent, non-roster invitee. Uh, and now here he is pitching in big roles, pitching in big moments and, and getting great outs. And I think that, you know, you talked about the his game plan, right? Fastball down and away, fastball down and away, set up that 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 slider. I think when I think I was watching last night thinking about Jordan Romano and they're facing um JD Martinez, when it's that combination of having a having great stuff. You know, Jordan Romano's his he's throwing really hard right now. Slider is up to like 90, 91 sometimes. Um, but also really good execution and and in knowing what the game plan is. So JD Martinez, everyone's seen him, you know, gets his arm extended, so much power the other way. So what what have the Blue Jays been doing all day? They were jamming him inside, throwing those fastballs on the inside quarter, getting him kind of tied up. And it might have been the first or second pitch of the at bat, and and Romano d- dotted ninety nine, but down and in in a place mm-hmm. where you know that that JD Martinez isn't going to do as much damage. But like yeah. just really good execution, because if you miss over the plate with that, if you miss a, if you miss on the wrong side of the plate, the ball's going to be over the fence. Right, the yeah. ball's going to be in the bullpen in right center field because that's what JD Martinez does. <clears throat> so great, great execution, great uh, game planning, and just like everybody sort of settling in, being able to to have more than one guy you can call on. Right, mm-hmm. having Jimmy Garcia be able to get out of that get out of that jam. Right, gets in there with the bases loaded, but then you when you have another big spot, then you've got somebody else. You've got Anthony Bass now, and and you know with, this is the thing that you and I have been talking about a lot since the trade deadline. They didn't get the big name. They didn't go and trade for for uh, for Noah Syndergaard, who's been pretty good. Uh, for the Phillies, I think he pitched seven innings and only got one strikeout the other day. But like, so it's it's a bit of a different a different a, a different uh, package <laughs> than what you're used to from the guy that everyone pictures in their mind that throws 100 miles an hour and the and the hair and the Thor thing. But uh, the Blue Jays have, have have put themselves in a really good position, playing really well against against teams they need to beat, like the Yankees and of course uh, uh, the Red Sox. But let's come back a little bit and talk. Well, we didn't talk a little bit about about Ross Stripling, but there was a bit of a debate going, and, and this was something I again I was somebody asked me I was on the radio and they were like, do you if you're the Blue Jays and you're in Game Three of the playoffs and you have the option, do you go with Barrios? Do you go with Stripling? And it's it's a it's an interesting you know radio in particular question, but like to me I don't think you can I don't think you can go away from Barrios. I I think for me it's got to be Barrios in Game Three. You have Stripling who can do so many different things. Who can come in if you get a if he's got a if if Barrios's fastball command isn't there, you know you've got that length in 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 Stripling. You know you can go to him. Maybe you use David Phelps as you said if you need someone to get out of the second inning because you know you're having a hard time. Then you can bring Stripling in to to throw the third and onward. Um, so that's where I would, that's where I, my mind is. I don't mean to take anything away from Ross Stripling. I don't want, I wouldn't want to, yeah, I don't like the idea of like depriving him of a start, but uh, Barrios' ceiling is so high and you can maybe get even that little bit of extra length out of him that, that Stripling has been pretty strictly used, you know, getting just two times through the order. So I don't know. What about you? Who would you go Barrios if you had game three, if a game three start to offer up? In, in, in conclusion to all this, Drew, this is a great problem to have for the Toronto yes. Blue Jays. <laughs> like, it, it really is because we have been waiting for this Jose Barrios guy to show up and, and be consistent. And right now he's 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 on a good row. Um, I feel like yesterday a big a great sign for me was 97 in the sixth inning. And it's almost like, okay, he's getting stronger from start to start, from inning to inning, from pitch to pitch. When I see a guy pumping 97 – deep into the game like that. And I call that deep into the game because I feel like that's deep in the game for a starter nowadays. Mm-hmm. But he's, you know, dotting 97. He, You can tell he's feeling himself. That's a good feeling as a starting pitcher. When when you, when, when you're, when you have that extra juice uh, later in the game, you're, you're, you know, 80 pitches in and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling it now. And, and there's just a different adrenaline rush. And, and for the Blue Jays, this is a great sign. And I know a couple shows ago we said, yeah, if the, se- if, the, if the season ended today, this is a couple weeks ago, if the season ended today, you'd have to go, you know, Manoa, Gosman, Stripling, just by the way Barrios has had gone at, to that point. But right now, if he continues on this streak, there, on, on this like nice little streak that he's got going, there's no doubt that he's a top three guy in this rotation. And like you said, no knock on Ross Stripling and what he's done, but he does bring a little bit more versatile uh things to to that to that staff and and he can be a you know a guy that hey let's 
if 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 a starter goes you know two three innings he can cover the rest and still keep the team in the game or whatever or or you keep him as a fourth starter whatever it is but again this is a great problem for the Toronto Blue Jays to have and and when you have this kind of luxury this is this is what we wanted to see this is in a, in a three game series if all five guys are going well and I'm going to throw Mitch White in there because again not we're not expecting Mitch White to throw complete games but if he goes four five innings that's good five six great six seven whoo even better they've hit the lotto mm-hmm. but we're not expecting like huge huge things out of mitch white he's still trying to settle into that to that role as a starter and being a starter in, in the big leagues but again when you have four guys that you can rely on that to me is a great great problem for the toronto blue jays in um and this is a good way to go into the playoffs the Mitch White point is a good one that I agree with. And I think that it's an interesting way to look at this as well when it comes to Barrios versus Stripling as we've kind of boiled this down. If Mitch White goes out and throws seven innings against the Cubs and pitches well, we're not sitting here being like, it's got to be Mitch White in game three, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Jose Barrios gets the benefit of the doubt because he's earned it. He's earned it yeah. through his career. He's earned it because of who he is, because of his stuff, because of all those things. It's not like he just pitched well twice in a row and we're like, well, he's got to be in there. You know, he, he's a guy who, who has earned that benefit of the doubt, who has the track record and everything about him is the, is what is the thing where you're like, before when we were maybe moving him out of the playoff rotation in our minds, it's because he was not being himself. He was pitching unlike the guy that you, we know him to be. But now as he starts to for, sort of find his form, find his release, being able to really hit those spots, it's like, okay, well, this is the guy that the Blue Jays gave a seven-year contract to. This is the guy the Blue Jays give up two top prospects to get. There's a reason that he's here, and it's to be in those positions when the, when the, when those days come to pitch in big games, to win games that the team needs. And, mm-hmm. and that's why it's, you know, if, if in my mind, sometimes I'm like, well, are we flip-flopping? Are we being fickle? Are we just kind of prisoners of the moment? <laughs> it's like, no, we're, you're, you're, you're appreciating who and what a guy is and what he can bring. And, and all, while also, again, recognizing how valuable Ross Stripling can be in a short series and in a long series. And Mitch White, a lot of the things, those same things are true of Mitch White as they are of Stripling. If you need to get six outs, if you are when, especially with this year's playoffs are a little bit more compressed, a guy like Mitch White's going to be huge when you, when you've got back to back games or back to back to back games, or there's been some travel, you know, you can do stuff, those the things that you see in, 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 you know, baseball and you see it, like leave them there. Like don't travel, Mm -hmm. don't stay in Toronto. You know, we'll, we'll go to, to Seattle and then come back and then you're you're here waiting for us because we know we're not going to need you out in game two but come game three we might need you so uh, a really great sign and I guess the other thing we haven't talked about when we're talking about the pitching staff and we're handing out all these plaudits and uh, man also speaking of minor league contracts and you mentioned him man David Phelps what a just such a great signing what a, it was such solid. a bummer that he got hurt last year but like man just so solid and he come he gets hot in a second and he's just use me whenever you get the sense that he's just like the absolute right guy to have in that role from his ability to do it, but also from like the mentality of being able like, oh, you need me in the fourth? Cool. Oh, you need me in the bottom of the 10th? Okay, I can do that too if it's a tie game or whatever. Just a really, really valuable guy to have. Yeah, yeah. And it goes back to having those veteran type of guys in in your team, on your team. And and he's a guy that when he comes in, I, I love how fiery he is. I, I don't think I've ever seen David Phelps smile, honestly, <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on, on the mound or in the dugout, whatever it is. And, and, and again, he's a guy that understands his role. He's a guy that's, I mean, pitching the bright lights of New York. He, he knows all that big league life and, and what it takes to be a successful bullpen guy. Because for, I remember when he first came up, I, I know he was a bit of a starter and he flip flopped back and forth, but once he settled into that bullpen role, he was money. I remember for the New York Yankees. And obviously he's a guy that's, um, had a, a long long career and and his fair share of injuries but he's come back this season and he's giving that bullpen a huge boost and like you mentioned i mean it's very valuable to me when you have a guy like you said that can go in in the fourth inning boom get get his get two innings in or go in the seventh inning and get you know three guys out like he's just very valuable because you're able to shift them from different uh, roles and no questions asked, boom, he's going to get the job done. And um, he's a tremendous asset for that bullpen, that's for sure. 
uh, he's the kind of guy too, because of his career and because of where he was coming from, he's the kind of guy that stands to make a, a get a really nice little paid raise if with Luigi's make a long run, right? He's not you know signed having signed a minor league deal and and being an older guy, so maybe there's a, that pumped up that that he's like, let's go to the playoffs, let's get some checks. Like <laughs> maybe it's in the <laughs> and, back and, of his head. And trust and trust me, those I've heard those checks are pretty damn good too. I mean, obviously the the further you move along, the the more it is, but. Mm-hmm. Those playoff shares, I'm sure, are pretty, pretty good. They, I, I'm sure. That, and when you're a guy like Alec Manoa, like Bo Bichette, who are making the minimum, or when you're, if you're a guy that's on like a, you know, one of those kind of veteran minimum style deals, like a David Phelps, um, that could be like a difference of like a 80, almost 100% difference in, in what you end up making in a year. So yeah. good on him for staying healthy. Good on him for, for finding the, the ability to contribute in, in a variety of ways for a good team that is relying on him. We'll be right back with more spin rate. But first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We would be remiss if we didn't give a, a, a very important Yusei Kikuchi update, which is that he did not look so good. Uh, came in in a lopsided game and just could not find the strike zone. Uh, you and I are messaging a little bit about it about him. It's just so like it's if you feel for him, you're frustrated for him, but at the same time, it's like there's only so long that this can go on, right? Like even in the yeah. even in the regular season, as these games matter. I mean, I think I think that hopefully. Well, number one, they they can't keep running him out there. They can't only find these ultra low leverage situations to get him into. Hopefully, you'll have a few more of those when you've got this section of the schedule with Pirates, Cubs, Angels, uh, Rangers as well. Um, but you know, at some point, it's, it, he might be a bit better served to just kind of take some time at the end of the year. Maybe I mean, I I don't know. I, it just seems crazy to to keep running him out there, have him just sort of be searching desperately trying to find something that can work because as we can see, as we saw the other night in Boston, it, um, it wasn't working and it's just, uh, nobody, he looks like, I don't know. It's, it's a bad situation. I, I don't know. Other, I have any other way to, to, to think about it. Yeah. Uh, at one point drew, it does him more harm than good to keep running him out there. And if his confidence is in there and, if he keeps failing, it, it just can lead on to other things. And I'm sure it's already led on to like the mental side of baseball and just him trying mm-hmm. to live up to these expectations, ex- expecting a lot from himself and it not working for him. And and that's always tough because you're trying to go out there and you're trying to do good. You're trying to do good. And when you start trying, 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 it's like you keep digging yourself in this big hole. Trust me, I've been there. I know what it's like. And And you're trying to live up to everyone else's expectations and you're trying to go out there and be like, okay, like I'm positive. I'm going to go and do this. And then things don't go well for you. And then you turn around and you look and you see the the, the manager coming and grabbing the ball from you. You're like, oh man. Like, so sometimes, yes, it, 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 the, the, the mental uh, part of it can be good. If, like you said, maybe in, you know, September, it's like, Hey dude, just go, go, go uh or not september when when the season ends if they're like just go take a mental break from this and 
you know, we'll see you next season and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll do that. It just seems like John Schneider continues to have the trust and faith in him that he's going to turn it around. We, we've I've seen some great quotes from from John Schneider. You told me you saw some great quotes from from Matt Chapman, and I saw him too. And I mean, for for your teammates and your manager to be able to come out and say that says a lot about how much they believe in your stuff and they want to see you turn it around. That's 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 the biggest thing I see here. I mean, when I was going through my stuff, the biggest support group I had was the guys in that locker room and how the way they would talk to me, the way they would approach me, the way that they would try and pump me up, you know, from Jose Bautista to the JPs of the world to Edwin Encarnacion to um, just all the, everyone, Brandon Morrow and all those guys just like, hey man, like you're, you're going to figure it out. You're going to figure it out. And again, when you're not on your good side and you're already thinking negative things, then it's, you're screwed from there in this game. And, um, but it, it's cool that his teammates and his manager continue to show him support. And we all want to see him turn it around. Like it, it sucks. Again, it sucks to struggle, but, uh, um, we'll see how long they keep it going for him. And, and if they, you know, let him hang out, hang around and not pitch, um, you know, once the playoffs come, if they do make it and, um, but at the end of the day, you you do want to see him turn it around. But right now, he cannot be trusted in any high leverage game or anything like that. Shoot, I feel like fans are on pins and needles with, with the game the other day. And he he started walking. He walked a couple guys. And it's like I, I see fans on on Twitter right away saying, warm up the pen, warm up the pen. And I'm like, God, Lee, you have like a seven run lead. Relax. Like it's, it's okay. But let the man breathe. Yeah. (laughs) And, and I'm sure he's feeling that type of pressure too. You see it in his face. You just see it Mm -hmm. in his face, the dejection. And, um, when he misses a spot, it's like, he takes a heavy breath. He's just like, (sighs) like, he's just like, Oh no, here we go again. Like, again, I've been in that situation. I know what it's like. Um, and, and and it's not a fun feeling when when you're going through those situations because you are trying, <laughs> you're trying to go out there and get three quick outs and you can't. It just seems nearly impossible. Here's the thing that I'm thinking. So that you see some people irrationally and and over overreacting, saying like, well, they should maybe just cut their losses. This is a lost cause, which is crazy to me because he's this stuff is so good. He has pitched successfully at the big league level, maybe not for. An extended period of time but you've seen him you've, we've seen him get outs we've seen him have good starts you know even as a member of the Blue Jays the Blue Jays obviously though know that there is work that needs to be done and I would I think that they would be will probably have like a plan for him coming into the offseason and this is the this is the thing that I think is hard is that you there are adjustments that he needs to make and they've obviously still been working with him to like change his his repertoire and like dump the cutter and throw this change the shape of the slider that stuff's hard to do you can correct me if i'm wrong in season it's hard to do in season it's hard to do you know when you've only got a couple days here and there but it's also probably hard to do when you just want to go out there and get outs yeah so if you're you're used to coaching you're standing on the mound and you know you've got the pitching coach in your head being like you know we're going to try this and make sure you do this and this is something that's new let's hold your glove a bit higher and let's all these different things, and all, but you're standing there being like, "I just need to get this guy out, and I'm going to do whatever I have in my, in, whatever's in my power to do, to get him out." So I think that there might be a bit of friction between like, "We need you to make these." When there could be friction, I should say, between "We need you to make these changes," "We need you to buy into these changes," which he seems like he's really receptive to, right? That's all the comments have been like, "He's he's down for anything, he's willing to try." But I, one of the advantages, I think, that if it gets to the point where if they get him a couple more outings and he's just not able to, to do it, and if it's a, if it's a, a you know, zero leverage relief outing like we saw, or if it's like get him a, like a little cheat start, like we're going to just go and start this game, we'll give you a spot start, whatever. If they shut him down and then they say, here's, our, here's what we'd like to see you work on this winter, go home, wherever that is. If he goes back to Japan, if he lives in Arizona work on this stuff this winter we'll see in the spring and then so now you've got a whole off season and then in the spring training you're like okay how did the winter go this is what we're going to work on as we as we build you up we're going to ramp this up we got this plan this plan this plan you're gonna be ready to go on opening day you i don't think you can make any crazy decisions until you've allowed for that to happen i think it's easy to forget that he had the obviously with the lockout the work uh the the off season was really short spring training was weird uh, sorry, the offseason was odd. Spring training was weird. And he signed really late. I think if you, if with a little bit more time to digest, to have that mental break, as you said, of, of the season being so rough, 
I think you can then be able to start to make a better understanding, have a better understanding of what he can be, given some time to digest these changes, given some time to work on it at his own pace, do the things that he does wherever he might spend his off season, um, and then look to come back fresh next season. But yeah, I, I anticipate that at some point they might just just shut him down and like, oh, the neck is flared up again, and then he's on the on the injured list or whatever. the The challenging part of that is like the new roster rules make it harder to stash somebody and have them hanging out so you 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 know at the same time if you're like if you're a i don't know somebody who's on the fringes of the roster and it's like okay well now suddenly you're a dfa candidate because we got to pay yusei kikuchi to hang out and 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 play candy crush at his locker i don't know i don't know what people play on their phones (laughs) these days but uh but like then that's that that's a tough pill to swallow but i think that that with with a bit of a plan, bit of space, bit of time, off season spring training, I, I'm hopeful that we'll see a different looking guy come next spring. Yeah, no, and and it's one of those things where again, I, I feel like we've we we've talked a lot a lot about Kikuchi and and what what a plan can be uh, going forward. Shoot, I, I I'd be willing to talk to him. You know, I I <laughs> I, I, I I would. I mean, it's just I, I I've seen you know. I, as you know, Drew, I've seen the top and it was sweet. The view from up there is great. It's beautiful. But I have also seen the bottom and, and I've learned from it. And I and and obviously when you're going through it, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're just like, man, like you're trying to search from start to start, from pitch to pitch. You're just going out there and you're like watching video and you're, you're trying to break it down. You're trying to make little adjustments. You're trying to do this. You're trying to do that. And and again, when, you, when, you're, when you're in that mode of just trying to – you become you, – uh, you almost become, you know, you're, it, it, everything depends on your results instead of saying, you know what, let me just take a step back and let me see the small victories in all this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to go like when I was starting, it was like, oh yeah, like, let me see if I can go six shutout. Well, no, what's wrong with six innings, three runs and just giving the team a chance to win and all that. But at the time you're trying to, you know, bring your numbers down and you're trying to give the team a chance to win and and it just so much stuff builds up that you just end up screwing yourself and when i had a chance to to, to reflect on it and, and kind of sit back and it was like man like why did i make a big deal out of this why did i make a big deal out of this and i it was over so many small things when in reality it's like man like i should have just gone out there and and done this differently and 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 obviously it's easy for me to say because i had i've had a lot of time to reflect on it and stuff like that but when you're in it it's hard to see that and mm. and 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 i think like you said with kikuchi sometimes it, it would probably be better like hey man like take this take this next few months off go reflect go do what you got to do go get strong and get ready for 162 games 30 starts next season 32 starts that's your goal boom let's go and and if he does that again his stuff has never been a question it's just a matter of him being on his good side and and understanding what he needs to do to be successful consistently at the big league level. So let me ask you, so it's the end of the 2012 season. You started 32 times. You took the ball every single time. You threw 180 innings, but obviously physically you weren't right. What were those conversations like with the, with the team kind of at the end of the end of the season? Was there like a, let what, this is what we'd like to see from you kind of over the winter or, I mean, you're obviously an established starter and, and, a, and, a, and a legit big leaguer. You, you had a contract at that point. Were those those kind of conversations, or was it on your side being like, "I'm really feeling beat up, and and I'm not even ready to start to think about this kind of stuff"? <laughs> I was actually talking to Pete about this uh, uh, this past week, and we were, I was I was like, "Man, remember all these sleepless nights?" And he's like, "Yeah, I was right there with you, brother. I was right there with you." And it's and it's true. It, it it's just it. If you think it's hard on the player. But it's even harder, I feel like, on on the guy that's right next to you trying to help you out. And for me, it was Pete Walker in 2012. He was like, we're, we were in the video room every single day trying to hammer it out, trying to be like, all right, what is it that we need to do? Do we see something different? Pulling, pulling up 2011 highlights. And obviously, eventually, it was like when the season ended, I was like, you know what? Like, I think I my last start of the season, we were facing the Yankees and I came out. Um, I felt something on my knee. I had been feeling it all all season and then as soon as i was about to push off my back leg it's like i felt like something kind of grabbed and i ended up coming out of the game and 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 the rest is history obviously i went into that offseason saying okay what can i do to get my knees better so that they don't hurt 
And we started doing small treatments here and there, and they just didn't get better, didn't get better. And obviously, eventually, it led to surgery on one on one side and then eight weeks later on the other side. So it was one of those things where <laughs> I wasn't really able to fully recover. Uh, my velocity kind of dipped a little bit um, after I dealt with those injuries or during that that process, too, of, of uh, going through that 2012 season. It's like my velocity dropped. And um, I I still see people like tweet at me saying like, oh, Kikuchi is reminds me of Ricky. And it's like, no, man, Kikuchi's still throwing 96, 97. Like his velocity hasn't dipped one bit. Like it's mm-hmm. not even that we're not even in the same like category. He's like way above. Like I was going, I went from going like 92, 94 to at times being like 85, 86, 87. And I looked back and I was like, what the hell is going on? And mm-hmm. obviously as time went on, it was like, oh, like my i was just compensating so bad with my lower half and i just didn't have the power that i that i once had when i was feeling healthy kikuchi doesn't have that problem i mean obviously Mm -hmm. i don't know if there's anything else that's physical for him i we don't know Mm -hmm. that but uh if they're if he's going out there and he's still pumping 96 97 trust me it's not it it has nothing to do he me him and i are not in the same level he's a way above me <laughs> it, it, velocity isn't the only like measure of health, but it's a pretty reliable one, right? Because everything <laughs> yeah. else changes. Like we, you know, you saw even with remember with Roy Halladay when he he came in to throw for the Jays, but his back and everything was so bad that he had messed up his shoulder, right? And then he was throwing like what did he throw in the spring? He threw like eighty two. He was like eighty two, yeah. eighty three in a bullpen with the Jays before he eventually retired. So it's really tough but yeah again it's, it's all it feels like it's all right there for kikuchi and 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 we spend a lot of time talking about a guy who was the blue jays fifth starter and now is like their 13th reliever but uh it's very tantalizing and he has so much of what of what the blue jays um could use but maybe maybe not this year uh offensively let's talk about george springer man Ooh. now i've never seen he he's been he's swinging the bat so well he makes such a difference at the top of the lineup Number one, because he's a good player, but he's really starting to stack up those really timely hits after you and I spent a lot of time talking about this. Uh, well, right now it's like he can't get out. So, I mean, they're all, whenever he comes up, it's going to be, it, it's going to be a hit. Like he's hitting bloops. He's hitting, he's lining and doubles. Everything's falling for George Springer. Um, an absolute shot in the arm for the Blue Jays lineup. And, and dude, did you, that, what is it? Double he hit last night. That wasn't a bad pitch. That was 97 in, and he just got the barrel in into the ball and crushed that ball. And mm-hmm. again, when, when you have a guy like that can do something spe- – like 97 miles per hour is pretty freaking hard. And if it's coming yeah. in <laughs> yes, and, and, and the way – but it's the way he makes it look – or a lot of these guys, they make it look so easy. And he just like dropped his hands, dropped the barrel on the ball, and that thing went. and and. I mean, you, you said it. He's the catalyst at the top of the lineup. He's the catalyst for this team. And and it's special when he's at the top of the lineup. It, 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 he brings so much passion. He brings so much. He, he brings up. He brings such good at bats all the time. Like it's it's almost like he finds himself in those timely situations and he delivers every time. You're going to get a great at bat from George Springer at the end of a ball game when the game's on the line. It just seems like he has a knack for those moments. And when you have somebody like that, a, a guy who who can run, a guy who can hit a home run at the top of the lineup, it, it's special, man. And he said it, you know what? It, I, I might not be completely healthy, but I'm going to go out there and, and, and give it my all every time I get a chance to go out there and play. And uh, I think I said it last week. They need this guy in the lineup every single day from here on out, whether he's hurting or I don't know. But it just seems like right now he's on a good roll, and as long as that that elbow holds up, I I hope that he uh, he he continues to stay on that lineup because he is pretty damn special. Uh, one good thing that I would say that is a good sign is that he feels like he to me feels like he's running the bases really well. Mm-hmm. You know, like obviously this is an elbow kind of shoulder issue that's been that's been plaguing him but you know compared to last year he looks really good running you know his base running numbers and everything like that i, I haven't seen his um his uh sprint speed i'm going to look it up now but like 
it's good to see him fresh, right? If he, as we just finished talking about, I think it's an underrated aspect of, of the game of baseball. It's like you need your legs. You need that lower half, whether you're a pitcher or a hitter. Um, and so for, for George Springer, uh, sprint speed in the 80th percentile this year. Wow. That's, uh, wow. that's, I mean, which is the same as last year. What, what, uh, what about, hmm. what about Kirk running down the first baseline? How fast is that? Oh man, <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. Two of God them, two, him. two of them. Did, was infield hit. Didn't he have infield hits yesterday? My God. Two of them. Yeah. He had Monster. two of them. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, going back to George Springer, it just seems like, yeah, when you have that, that speed at the top of the lineup. And again, a guy who can beat out a, you know, a infield hit, a guy who can hit a home run, a guy who can hit a double, uh, a guy who, who feels comfortable with velocity. Like it don't matter if you throw 97, 100, he's going to get the barrel there. Um, he's, he's the catalyst to this, to this offense, man. And, and when he's on that field, it makes a huge, huge difference for this lineup. Uh, so different is the offensive environment in baseball right now that uh, George Springer's OPS is down by like 70 points from year over year. But when you do weighted run created plus, which levels it out for the whole league, it's one point behind. Last year, he's 140. This year, 139. Offense is down league-wide. It's easy to forget uh, that when you look at his numbers and you look at Vladdy's numbers and even like a guy like Bo Bichette, um, they're not not quite as sharply down as, as, it, as it looks. Every, everybody's number if your name isn't paul goldschmidt or uh, or aaron judge <laughs> your numbers are down a little bit this year but huge huge uh, piece at the top of the at the top of the lineup uh we just have one more against the red sox and then they go off to face come home i should say to face the los angeles angels the anaheim angels they face shohei otani and mike trout both healthy in the lineup and yet the angels just keep on losing uh big day on saturday of course shohei otani will start in toronto on the day of the 92 team reunion, on the giveaway of the bomber jacket made famous by those 92 teams. Uh, I don't know about you. I'm pretty, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Otani go up against the Blue Jays. He's, he's, uh, well, he's really good. There's no other way to get around it. Uh, he's, he's, he, one thing I will say is he's, he seems like he's always, he struggled against the Yankees historically, struggled a little bit against the Red Sox. Uh, he handles, you know, the the Astros are a, a really good offensive team. He seems to pitch well against them, but uh, and you know didn't pitch great against the Blue Jays last time out. So it, interesting because it's also probably the only game the Angels have a chance to win is when, <laughs> is when yeah. Otani's on, on Otani's on the mound. So uh, a big weekend ahead uh, as big, the Blue Jays take on the Angels and and the big chance to win some games. Big weekend. I know uh, people are pumped. It's probably going to be close to a sellout. Um, I mean if the fans are this is a time to rally behind this team man i mean they, honestly this is this is crunch time in home field this is where home field advantage matters and hopefully they pack the house um i know it's the angels and they've been shitty all year but still man i mean when you get to watch a mike trout and a shohei otani um i mean it's good news that trout is back and um but when you get to watch those guys live it's it's special and 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 um and also good news for the for the Los Angeles of Anaheim Angels or California Angels, whatever they are. Good news for them. Hope uh, finally Artie Moreno is going to sell that team. It's about damn time. Uh, and hopefully uh, maybe the new owner will keep Shohei Otani. Who knows? But um, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So any sale takes some time to do. If Moreno said he's going to he's going to investigate selling, it's a two billion dollar investment it's not like he's gonna sell find somebody on craigslist uh it's gonna take some time to find <laughs> but if you are shohei otani you are unquestionably one of the best players in the game right now you are unquestionably one of the most marketable players in the world in baseball world in particular you are a competitor who is not quite wired we get the sense that he's he's different right he's a different guy new owner old owner you are you there you want to you want to win baseball games can you honestly say that even if they turn everything around and they start a rebuild tomorrow it's going to take time i don't know if i'm showing Otani that i'm willing to wait yeah. i mean you know we trout signed up for this for life i don't know that i'm going to go down that path if i'm Shohei Otani. i think i'm way more interested in seeing what what else is out there because there's lots of teams that are going to back up that same truck full of money 
and offer you $45 million a season to play for them. It might be in LA, right across, you know, in, in, at, at, uh, at the The Shetland's Ravine. It could be New York, could be the Mets, could be the Mariners, could be Toronto. I, I, I can't, no matter who the owner is, no, say that I would commit to the Angels right now. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I don't know how you can. And that's why I, we talked about this at the trade deadline. They shot themselves in the foot because they this is where they could have maximized the amount of talent they could have brought in for that organization because this is what they need. They need a rebuild. I mean, Joe Madden came out and said they need a they need, you know, from top to bottom, they need to figure some stuff out. And obviously it starts with their farm system and that would have been a good time to 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 build it. If I'm Shohei Otani, I don't think I'm me personally. I wouldn't be signing with the Anaheim Angels. I don't. I want nothing to do with that organization. And um, obviously, they they've tried. They've they paid guys big money, but it's just not. It, it isn't working out. Uh, I can see this being obviously a next year where where at the trade deadline they're probably going to look into it, and he might get dealt to a to a big contender, somebody who's willing to overpay and all that stuff. But yeah, I can I can I, I definitely don't see him resigning there no matter who the owner is unless they really really i don't know show that they they buy every single player to come and play for the <laughs> angels which is probably not yeah. going to happen but uh i think he's got all the leverage right now and, and and good for him he's earned it and um and well it'll be interesting what what they do with him but i'm sure you're excited to watch him pitch on on saturday in in toronto and again um against a very very good lineup a hot blue jay team hopefully they get down to business today and finish this road trip really in super super strong because what was it 10 days ago we were kind of sitting here like wow the orioles are really going to make a a move on this team and this and that and this and that and i mean they went into new york took care of business they've gone into boston taking care of business and and i feel like today is is another opportunity for them to continue to um hammer it down and 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 leave on a good note on an on a already uh solid road trip absolutely speaking of road trip one last thing and speaking of los angeles the schedule came up for 2023 where the blue jays a few years too late i think for the liking of ricky romero the blue jays will travel to dodger <laughs> stadium to take on the los angeles dodgers as a new more balanced schedule is out only yeah. 13 games against the division the division rivals, the Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees, the Baltimore Orioles, and the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, games against every single team in the league. We got trips. Blue Jays uh, will be in, in L.A. At, at Dodger Stadium at the end of July 2023, following up on a trip uh, to Seattle. They will be in uh, Pittsburgh. They'll be in Philadelphia. They'll be in Colorado, Miami. Interesting. Uh, what do you think about that? Are you excited to see, you know, a, a bit more of a balanced schedule, see almost see every team in some way, shape or form every year? Yeah, I like it, man. I like it a lot. Um, I, I think that's that's the way a, a big league schedule should be, um, where you get to see everyone and, and you get to test yourself against every single one of them or every single team that, that they put on the schedule. And uh, the, obviously, I'm pumped that they get to come to L.A. Um, maybe I'll finally get to see... Uh, know what it's like to step on that dodger stadium grass because i never really (laughs) maybe i'll ask them uh maybe i'm gonna ask the toronto blue jays if i can be the bat boy for them for for for, for that series or something and see what it's like we'll we'll get you over there (laughs) first catching in the bullpen Uh, (laughs) that'd be great i don't know if your knees Um, i don't know if your knees are built for that anymore No, but it, it's obviously it's it's exciting. Um, uh, they you know when when they get to face teams that we really really don't ever see them facing, and um, and it's a balanced schedule. You're not facing the New York Yankees a bunch of times, the Red Sox, the Rays. It's like it, it's a little bit more spread out now, and um, and hey, it's only right that they do this. And um, can't I can't uh, keep listening to Dave Roberts talk about how they're playing in the greatest <laughs> division ever. So. He, <laughs> he needs to quit it with that. <laughs> hey, the Giants coming to Toronto at the end of uh, June, which is always... Do they? Yeah, Blue Jays face the Giants at the end of June, which is always fun. Uh, oh, nice. I, I don't know if it was the last time. I think it might have been the last time. No, I couldn't be. The last time the, Blue, the Giants were in Toronto was 2012. Got to, I got to talk to Tim Lincecum and Pablo Sandoval. I, uh, the time of my life watching the Jays and the Giants then. Oh, uh, yeah, one, I remember one, that. I was there. 
I was there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you were. Tim, Tim, uh, Sergio Romo was obviously a great friend. So him and Tim Lincecum actually came and hung out when they got into town, hung out with them at my apartment. And yeah, man, it was it was really cool. Uh, Tim Lincecum, one of my favorite players to watch ever in my whole life. Also uh, been through a terrible tragedy. Shout out to Tim Lincecum who lost his wife uh, last week. Way too young. Way too young to be having that stuff go on. Uh, Tim Lincecum, the freak. Truly one of the best pitchers I've ever seen in my life. Uh, the other thing I was going to say, actually, about the schedule 2023 is the sh- shorter uh, road trips. The Blue Jays only have one 10-gamer, and it's right at the start of the season. They have a bit of an odd road trip. It's got two, two off days built into it, and then at the beginning of May, they have another long one, but it's got two off days built into it. How much does that help when you're on those long road trips you've got those off days? Off days on the road. Yeah, the, I think I know that the, I know that sometimes guys don't love the off days at home, but off days on the road is uh, it's probably a big bonus for the for the team. Yeah, no, any off day is very well <laughs> give, appreciated. Give me all the off days you got. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it, especially for position players, man. Again, starting pitchers, you you live the life a little bit better. Obviously, you know your routine. You know when you're going to pitch. You know, you know, you you know you can after you're done playing catch when you're not starting, you can mentally check out of not the game, but like the, Hey, I know I'm not going to be part of this game <laughs> type thing. Mm, like, mm. you know, I just get to sit and watch and be a spectator and, and learn. Um, but for position players, those off days are super key. Like I'm sure if you ask George Springer right now, he'd be like, Hey, when's the next off day? Cause I need it. <laughs> you know, yeah. that type of stuff, you know, Bo Bichette, Vladdy, they're looking forward to those off days and just getting away from the game, getting away from the stadium, getting away from all that and just, hey, maybe I just want to go watch a movie tonight and just be a normal human being and not have to be in the batting cage, taking ground balls, the stress of a nine-inning game, all that stuff. Like it's it, 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 it's mentally, uh, it can be stressful, especially when you're in the middle of a playoff race. So any any off days I feel like for for these guys are are super super big and the fact that they're incorporating them a, a bit more is it's even better. Blue Jays don't have many off days coming up. They do have a couple of double headers as they're still feeling the effects of the owner lockout at the beginning of the year, kind of doubling up on some of the games and a couple of rainouts. So off days will be well, very much. Uh, welcomed by the blue jays as ricky just explained uh hopefully the blue jays can get some guys some days off their feet as they do have a nice set a nice stretch of schedule coming up i keep hammering on this because i it's really going to make or break the season i think they have they have an opportunity to put themselves absolutely in the driver's seat winning some games against some teams that are out of the playoff race that are rebuilding or that are just or the angels so dark so garbage <laughs> so <laughs> something really to look forward to uh we will be back to chat about those things and so much more next week on the next edition editions of spin rate. His name is Ricky. I thank you, Ricky, Ricky Romero for joining me. I really appreciate it. We thank I love you it. for listening. He loves it. I love it too. We thank you for listening for this season, seasons before and into the future. Enjoy the games. Enjoy. Show uh, you were saying the position players getting a day off. Imagine you were a both. Imagine you were a position player and a pitcher. <laughs> that guy, he, and that's out of, I, I just can't get over that. Like, no days off for him. No days off. <laughs> if you get the chance, if you got tickets to the game on Saturday, please go and enjoy. You're seeing something truly, truly special. Even if he doesn't pitch that well, you'll, this is the thing that you'll tell your, your kids probably and your grandkids. And when you do tell them, they'll be different too. You'll be like, yeah, yeah, I saw Shoyo Tani in Toronto. He hit three home runs and struck out 15. It was the best game I've ever seen in my life. Even if that's not what happened, that's what you'll say. So enjoy <laughs> the games this weekend. Enjoy the spectacle. We'll be back next week with more Spin Rate.